Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are continuing on in our sermon series called The Bible Doesn't Say That, where we are exploring different statements that people commonly believe are in the Bible that really aren't. And we're exploring these statements because every one of them has the potential to distort our understanding of who God is and who we are. And the statement that we're going to be taking a look at today has actually caused more controversy than just about anything else that has ever happened inside of the church. So let's dive right into this week's episode and start talking about this particular statement. So over the centuries, there have been plenty of controversies inside of the church. And these controversies started almost as soon as the church was formed, almost 2,000 years ago, as early church leaders were trying to figure out which Jewish customs and rituals early Christians needed to follow. And these controversies continue to this day as we continue to debate and discuss issues like the importance of digital ministry in 2022. Some of these controversies have been over important issues, like who has access to the Bible. And other controversies have been kind of silly. Like, I have personally heard the story of multiple churches that have fought and split over what color carpet they were going to put down in their sanctuary space. But back in the 1880s, there was a controversy that was brewing in the life of the church unlike any other. And this controversy was brewing over a passage of scripture that we find in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, I know that may be a little bit surprising for you to hear because most of us never really even read the book of Deuteronomy. I mean, I have been a pastor of a church for almost 15 years now, and I have preached on the book of Deuteronomy about a dozen times over those 15 years. So if we don't read the book of Deuteronomy, it's hard to believe that there could be anything controversial inside of it. So what do we find inside of the book of Deuteronomy that caused this major controversy inside of the church not quite 150 years ago? Well, we're going to take a look at that passage together in just a minute. But before we do, I want to give you a word of warning. And that word of warning is that you have probably never heard a single sermon preached on a passage of Scripture that we're about to read. And chances are you will never hear another sermon that's being, that will be preached on this passage of Scripture that we're about about to read. And there is a really good reason for that that you'll see as we're reading this passage. So just keep that in mind, and let's take a look at what we find in Deuteronomy chapter 23 together. We'll start reading in verse 12. Here's what it says. It says, You shall have a designated area outside the camp to which you shall go. With your utensils you shall have a trowel. When you relieve yourself outside, you shall dig a hole with it and then cover up your excrement. Because the Lord your God travels along with your camp to save you and to hand over your enemies to you. Therefore, your camp must be holy so that he may not see anything indecent among you and turn away from you. All right, so the book of Deuteronomy, it is really just a big speech that Moses gives to the people of Israel before Moses dies. And inside of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is trying to tell the people of Israel what they need to do to make sure that they remain committed to God as they enter into the promised land. And in the passage that we just read, Moses gives them specific rules to follow when it comes to their bathroom behavior. Now, you may be wondering how any of that was controversial. Well, I can tell you it wasn't controversial back in the 1880s because people in the church just really felt uncomfortable when their pastor broached this subject in the middle of a sermon. 
Although I have a feeling that today that's enough to make this controversial for some people that are listening to the sermon. And that's okay, but bear with me, it'll all make sense eventually. But the reason why this passage of scripture was controversial back in the 1880s is because of a major development that had taken place in the world. And what was this major development that had taken place in the world? Well, by the 1880s, just about every major city in the United States of America had indoor plumbing. And what that meant is that for the first time in history, churches had to figure out if their buildings were going to include indoor plumbing or not. And I know that in 2022, all of this sounds completely ridiculous, because we would never dare build any kind of building today without including indoor plumbing inside of it. But back in the 1880s, this was a controversial decision for churches to make because there were plenty of people in the, in the churches back in the 1880s who read Deuteronomy chapter 23, and they believed that if they had indoor plumbing in their churches, that God would turn away from them because they were doing something indecent inside of their churches. All right. Now, you're probably wondering at this point why we spent all this time talking about church controversy and controversies and indoor plumbing. Well, we're talking about all of this because right now we're in the middle of a sermon series called The Bible Doesn't Say That. And during this series, we are exploring common things that people believe are in the Bible that aren't actually there. And the statement that we're going to be talking about today has actually caused probably more controversies in the church than just about anything else. And that includes this one about indoor plumbing. But before we dig into what we're going to be talking about this week, I want to remind you of why we're talking about these things the Bible doesn't say. And we're doing this because when we believe the Bible says things that the Bible doesn't really say, we can distort our understanding of who God is and who we are. Or to put it another way for you, sometimes the things we don't know about the Bible can hurt us. Sometimes the things we don't know about the Bible can hurt us. So we started the series a couple of weeks ago by talking about the statement that everything happens for a reason. And we saw that if we believe this statement, which is not in the Bible, that it does distort our understanding of who God is and who we are. Because if you believe that everything happens for a reason, then ultimately you have to believe that God is a monster who is responsible for every act of violence, every act of abuse, every war, every murder that ever takes place. And it also distorts our understanding of who we are, because if we believe that everything happens for a reason, then ultimately we become nothing more than robots who have no real choice in anything that we say or do. And then last Sunday we spent our time together talking about um, the statement that God helps those who help themselves. And we saw that that statement just flat out isn't true, because the Bible shows us time and time again that God helps those who cannot help themselves. And the Bible also shows us that God wants to use us help other people who are in need. So that brings us to today. And what statement are we looking about? What statement are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about this one. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Now, I told you just a minute ago that this statement, or at least the mindset that this statement conveys, has probably caused more controversy in the history of the church than just about anything else. But you might be wondering how that's possible, because when you hear the statement, God said it, I believe it, that settles it, it sounds right, doesn't it? I mean, if God says something, then we should believe it, shouldn't we? And if we 
had a question that we brought before God, if you or I had a question we wanted to ask God, and God sent an angel to us, and the angel gave us God's answer, that should settle the matter, shouldn't it? But here's the problem with this statement. When we say that God said it, I believe it, that settles it, that first part of that statement, God said it, we don't really mean that. We don't mean that God appeared before us and spoke to us in audible words, that God directly conveyed a message to us. No, when people say God said it, I believe it, that settles it, what they're talking about is that the Bible says something. And because they found this passage, because they found these words in the Bible, people say that they believe it, and that settles the matter for them. But if you think back to that example from Deuteronomy chapter 23 related to indoor plumbing, you pretty quickly realize that it's just not true. Let's think about it for just a, just a minute. Now, the book of Deuteronomy is in the Bible, right? There's five books of the Bible, as a matter of fact. And the book of Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 23, it gives us very clear instructions on what we're supposed to do when nature calls. So, if the Bible says it, and we believe it, and that settles it, well, it means that none of us should have indoor plumbing, not in our churches, not in our homes, no place, because the book of Deuteronomy gives us crystal clear instructions on how we're supposed to do it. But that's not how we live. So this shows us that when we say that God said it, I believe it, that settles it, that we don't really mean it. And this is just one example that I can give you. So let's try another one this morning. How many of you, when you were having breakfast this morning, had bacon or sausage with your breakfast? I did. I grabbed an Egg McMuffin on my way to church this morning. And you know, by doing that, if you had bacon or sausage with your breakfast this morning, you're not doing what the Bible says. And that's because in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 8, we're told, the pig, because it has a divided hoof but doesn't re-chew food, it's off-limits for you. You may not eat these animals' meat. So if you ate bacon or sausage or ham today, you're not doing what the Bible says. All right, now let's try another one. Guys that are here with us today, worshiping with us online, how many of you shaved today before church? If you shaved before church today, you're not doing what the Bible says. Because in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 27, we're told, you must not cut off the hair of your forehead or clip the ends of your beard. So if you shaved your beard, you're not doing what the Bible says. Now, I've got one more for you today. So think about this. Yesterday, how many of you tried to mow your grass yesterday, even though it's been a little bit wet this week? Or how many of you ran a load of laundry while you were around your house? How many of you did any other kind of chore or ran any other kind of errand yesterday? Because if you did, you're not doing what the Bible says. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 2, the Bible says, Do your work for six days, but the seventh day should be holy to you, a Sabbath of complete rest for the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath, which is Saturday, will be put to death. Now, I know what you might be thinking at this point, because if you've grown up in church, you've kind of been programmed to think this. And a lot of us have come to believe that, well, though all those verses that I just mentioned, all those passages of Scripture, they're all in the Old Testament. And because we are Christians, we don't have to pay a whole lot of attention to what the Old Testament says about anything. Well, I want you to be aware that there are just so many things that are wrong with that line of thinking that I don't have time to cover most of them today. But I do have time to talk about one major problem with thinking that the Old Testament is irrelevant to us 
as followers of Jesus. And it's actually something that Jesus tells us about the Old Testament in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this about the Old Testament. He says, don't even begin to think that I have come to do away with the law and the prophets. I haven't come to do away with them, but to fulfill them. I say to you, very seriously, that as long as heaven and earth exist, neither the smallest letter or even the smallest stroke of a pen will be erased from the law until everything there becomes a reality. Therefore, whoever ignores one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called the lowest in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps these commands and teaches people to keep them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So, did you hear what Jesus said in that passage in Matthew chapter 5? Jesus said that as long as heaven and earth exist, and since we're standing on earth right now, I'm pretty sure it still exists, Jesus tells us that not a single letter or the smallest stroke of the pen will be removed from the law. And the law includes all three of those passages of Scripture that we read just a minute ago. The law includes Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. So we can't really say that we believe what the Bible says if we just completely ignore what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 5. And we can't really say that we believe what the Bible says if we try to ignore the Old Testament altogether. But where does that leave us, right? I mean, do all of us need to quit eating bacon and ham and sausage at any point during the day? Do we all need to just give up shaving our faces altogether? Do we need to stop doing any chores or errands on Saturdays? Of course not. That's not what the Bible is really trying to teach us. But what we all do need to realize is that the saying that God said it, I believe it, that settles it, just isn't true. And it's not true, because when we say that God said it, I believe it, and that settles it, we turn the Bible into nothing more than a list of do's and don'ts. And the Bible, the Bible is not a list of do's and don'ts. The Bible is a compilation of stories and poetry and wisdom literature and letters, and all of these teach us about who God is and they teach us about who we are. But whenever we're reading any of these writings that make up our Bible, we have to interpret every single passage that we read. Adam Hamilton, who is a well-known author and pastors a church in Kansas, does a really good job of conveying this idea that we all interpret the Bible in a story that he tells about an encounter he once had with one of the members in his church. And as Adam Hamilton shares in the story, he was talking with one particular member in his church, and this member looked at him and said, I don't interpret any scripture. I just take it all as God's word, and I try to follow it. So Adam Hamilton, playing a little bit of devil's advocate like every good preacher does from time to time, looked at this man and he said, so does that mean that you don't eat bacon and that you go to church on Saturdays? The member looked back at him and said, of course not. Those are all Old Testament So Adam Hamilton looked back at this church member and he said, Okay, so does that mean that you tell your wife she always has to have her head covered? Do you tell your daughters that they're not allowed to braid their hair? Do you not have a savings account opened up at the bank? The church member looked back at him. He said, No, all those things were just written uh, about biblical times. They don't mean anything to us today. So Adam Hamilton looked back at this member of his church and he said, So what you're telling me is that you interpret the Bible. 
Now, the point of that story is crystal clear. It is crystal clear for us. We all interpret the Bible. Whether you realize it or not, we all interpret the Bible. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying that we interpret the Bible, because when we say that we interpret something, what we're saying is that we're trying to understand it better. So when we read the Bible, what are we doing? We're trying to understand the Bible. We're trying to understand God and who we are better. So there's nothing wrong with admitting that we interpret the Bible. But we need to make sure that we are interpreting the Bible through the right lens. And as Christians, the lens that we need to use when we are interpreting the Bible is Jesus. The lens that we need to use when we are interpreting the Bible is Jesus. And what this means for us is that whenever you are reading a verse in the Bible, whenever you are reading a passage in the Bible, whenever you are reading a story in the Bible, and you come across something that is inconsistent with what Jesus either said or did, and you have to make a choice between which one is right, you're going to choose Jesus every single time. Let me give you an example that kind of shows you what I mean. So once again, in the book of Leviticus, in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, we're told, if a man commits adultery with a married woman, committing adultery with a neighbor's wife, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be executed. But in John chapter 8, when a group of men drag a woman who was caught in the act of adultery in front of Jesus, Jesus tells them, whoever hasn't sinned should throw the first stone. And so here in these passages in Leviticus and the Gospels of John, we see the Bible telling us two different things. In Leviticus, we're told that anyone who's caught in the act of adultery should be put to death. But in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us that only someone who is without sin can start an execution. So which one is it? Which one is it? Are we supposed to do what Leviticus says and stone anyone who's caught in the act of adultery? Or are we supposed to do what Jesus says and realize that none of us are perfect, that all of us have sinned, and that we all need forgiveness? Which one is right? It's not a hard question. Which one is right? Jesus is. And fortunately for us, Jesus gives us some really clear guidelines that we are supposed to follow whenever we are interpreting or trying to better understand what the Bible teaches us. And once again, we find these guidelines in the book of Matthew. And in this passage of Scripture, in this story, Jesus is approached by someone who is described as being a legal expert. And this legal expert comes to Jesus, and he asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What this legal expert is really trying to figure out is what do I need to know to better understand the Bible? What's the most important thing for me to know to better understand the Bible? And this is how Jesus responds to him in Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 40. Jesus replies, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law, all the prophets depend on these two commandments. 
all of the prophets, or to put it another way for you, all of the Bible depends on two things. So if we want to do what the Bible says, if we want to do what God says, then we have to do these two things. And what are these two things? Love God. Love each other. Do you realize how many of the controversies that we have faced in the church over the years and we continue to face today could be resolved if we would just let go of the way of thinking that says God said it, I believe it, that settles it, about passages of Scripture that are as obscure as the one that we read in Deuteronomy 23 today? Do you realize how many of the controversies that we have faced in the church over the years and continue to face today would go away and be resolved quickly? If we just do what God tells us to do in Matthew 23, do you realize how many of the controversies that we have faced in the church over the years and continue to face today wouldn't exist if we just love God and love each other? Because that's what God tells us really matters. What really matters isn't finding some obscure passage in the Bible that validates whatever point you want to take on a subject matter. What really matters is doing what Jesus tells us are the most important things. Loving God and loving each other. So when you're reading the Bible and you come across a passage of Scripture that seems inconsistent with what Jesus says and does, and you have to choose which which one you're going to believe, choose Jesus every time. Choose love. Because the Bible doesn't say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. The Bible tells us the greatest thing we can do is to love God, and the next greatest thing we can do is love each other. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, every one of us should stand convicted before you, because you know that we don't always, or even often, do a great job of loving you and loving others. No, what we prefer to do, especially inside of the church, is we like to cherry-pick passages of Scripture that we can use as weapons against other people, that we can use to tear other people down, telling them that they're not living the life that you want them to live, telling them that they are not really following you. But God, you make it crystal clear to us. When Jesus was approached by this legal expert, he asked, what matters the most? And Jesus told him, to love God. God show us that that is ultimately how we are judged. That is ultimately how we are defined as your followers, by the way that we love. So God, let us love you. Let us love others in such a way that no one ever doubts that we are following you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has helped you to realize that all of us interpret the Bible, whether we want to admit that or not. So when we are interpreting the Bible, we need to make sure we're interpreting it through the right lens. Whenever we read the Bible, we need to be reading it through the lens of Jesus. 
And when we do that, we'll realize that you can't boil down the Bible to a simple statement like, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Because that just makes the Bible into nothing more than a list of do's and don'ts. But when we read the Bible through the lens of Jesus, it helps us better understand who God is and who we are. Well, in our next episode, we're going to be talking about the statement, love the sinner, hate the sin. And we're going to see that that statement is not in the Bible either, and it also distorts our understanding of who God is and who we are. So I hope that you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app, or you can come and worship with us every Sunday morning online at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time at MHBC Louisville dot com slash live. We would love to have you come and join us. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week. I will be praying for you and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.